This is the Koinos Community Church Podcast. Subscribe so that you can join us regularly as we look to find ways to close the gap between who we are and who God longs for us to be. I was angry with my friend. I told my wrath. My wrath did end. I was angry with my foe. I told it not. My wrath did grow. And I watered it in fears, night and morning with my tears. And I sunned it with my smiles and with soft, deceitful wiles. And it grew both day and night till it bore an apple bright. And my foe beheld it shine, and he knew that it was mine. And into my garden stole when the night had veiled the pole. In the morning glad I see my foe outstretched beneath the tree. I heard a portion of that poem a couple of weeks ago on a show that I watch. Just a little bit of it. I was like, that sounds familiar. So I went. I'm not a big poetry guy, but I have a couple of poetry books laying around. I was like, I feel like I remember that poem from somewhere. And so William Blake wrote that about 200 years ago, 1790-something. And he understood. I think I, I, it, it was a part of a group of poems that he wrote for, and they kind of put them all together. It was kind of about our psychology and our the way we think, the, our human nature. And he wrote that, kind of understanding that those grudges we hold on to only are going to end badly. His foe, he, he didn't forgive. He just let it grow. And he smiled, and he was deceitful, and he just kind of acted like everything was okay. But the foe knew something was was amiss. And he still, they, they, they continued to be foes. You know, we might not treat our foes the same way. We might not engage in manslaughter, so to speak. I hope we don't. If you did, we could talk about that afterwards. Um, but we treat people sometimes as if they're dead to us. We shun them. We don't forgive them. We, 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 we allow that, those things to grow just right outside of our, our home and just kind of allow it to be a barrier for us. You know, I don't have any easy answers. You know me by now. You know that there's not a lot of easy answers for the things that we talk about. But I do know that we can, if you'll stick with me, we can find a way to forgive. We can find a way to open up our hearts to forgiveness without resorting to poison apples to get rid of our foes. But before we do that, will you pray with me? God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be pleasing in your sight and helpful to those who hear them. I pray that we would find forgiveness for others and that we would be much more like you in that. It's in your sons we pray. Amen. So last week, um, and you can go back and listen to the podcast if you want to at some point, last week Emily did a great job about of talking about forgiveness, about how we 
need to, we need to be forgiven and what that looks like. And this week, the second part of this phrase is, forgive us our debts as we forgive those as we forgive our debtors, as we forgive those who trespass against us or, or have sinned against us. And so forgiveness for ourselves sometimes is easier than it is to forgive somebody else. But do we need to forgive? You know, is there, do we just let it go? Some people are pretty forgetful. I know somebody that uh, I've lived with for a really long time that just kind of just lets it go because that's just part of that person's personality. I won't say any names. But she's pretty good at just kind of letting it roll off of her. Other people kind of hold on to that stuff a little bit more closely, such as myself. But I found over time that holding on to those things is not good for me. John Hopkins did a study a few years ago, and they kind of put all these things together about what, what forgiveness does for our bodies and how it's helpful and helpful for us to forgive. So conscientious acts of forgiveness, they can lower our risk of a heart attack. Um, They can improve our cholesterol levels, um, our sleep patterns. They can reduce pain. Um, Blood pressure can be lowered. Anxiety can be lessened, and so can stress. And the older we get, the more benefit we have from actually moving into forgiveness. But you hold on to it like you're you're in your 30s. You're like, I'm just going to keep on holding on to that grudge. But when you get to be my age and older, it starts to have this wearing effect on our bodies. And so people that hold grudges also can find themselves in severe depression. Um, And if they have post-traumatic stress disorder, that could be amplified by not forgiving as well. So science tells us that it's a good idea to forgive. And if nothing else, forgive because your family and friends around you want you around for a while. Hopefully, they want you around for a while. And so if you can find it in your heart to forgive, then you'll have the opportunity to be with your family for that much longer. So do it for yourself. Forgive for yourself, for your own health and safety and well-being. You know, we've all been treated unfairly in our lives, some more than others, and I grant that. I've had a pretty good life. When I was young... I tried to date girls, um, and sometimes it worked out, and sometimes it didn't. Um, I'm not going to name any names, because we're probably friends with them on Facebook at some point, but um, there was a young lady that I really liked. This is late, late junior high, early high school, and I liked her, and I let her know about that, but she's like, she just wanted to be friends. You know, I was about five feet tall when I was in ninth grade, and so not really uh, the big ladies man at that point, and I was cute, but not, I don't know, top gun cute, whatever. So, my friend asked her out, and that hurt, and she went out with him for like two weeks, you know, we were sophomores in high school or whatever, um, but that hurt, right, and I was, uh, I, I didn't get that, Now it was tough for me to kind of get past that for a little while. I did eventually because, you know, I was young. And then when I was in college, I'd been home for the summer for just for a few weeks over the summer, and I started dating a young lady from the church that we were going to. You know, we had this college ministry thing. And I really liked her a lot, and I got back to school that fall, and we continued to date and correspond. Back then, correspondence was like writing letters and an occasional phone call because it cost like 
10 bucks to call somebody long distance, but nevertheless. But we continued to kind of keep that going for about three weeks, and then come to find out, she started dating a guy that I'd known and had grown up with at that church for the last 10 years. And I was like, here I am again. So, but you know what? I think about those episodes, those little things in there, and I let that go. I'm, I'm still friends with him. I don't even know where she is anymore. But I think about the, the girls that I was not very great to. You know, when I was in junior high and some girl I was dating um, that I was going out with, you know, I don't know, we were said we were going together, right? And then I decided I liked somebody else, and I'm like, you know what? We're not going to go out anymore. I'm going to go out with this girl over here. And it's like, oh, okay, so I know how that feels, right? So we begin to understand as we go through our relationships and the things that we do that sometimes we're the one in need of the forgiveness. And so as we put ourselves in other people's shoes, then we discover that I'm not any better than that person that hurt me. But that's young love. Those things are a little bit easier to get over, depending on your personality and adjustments and things like that that you make. But there are more serious things that need to be forgiven. I've been passed over for promotions. I've been looked past because I didn't have exactly what somebody was looking for in a certain position because they had the stereotype of what this position was to be held you know, I've been left out before. Um, never been physically abused in my life. Um, but there's emotional abuse. There's verbal abuse. We all have experienced those types of things. And we need to be able to forgive people for those things. You know, in the passage that we've been looking at, it says, forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. In Christ, God cancels all of those debts He cancels my debts and your debts. Cancels my sin and your sin. There's a parable, a story that you guys might be familiar with. And it's later on in this book of Matthew. It talks about this king who has his kingdom. And he's coming to collect accounts. And somebody comes to him and says, and the king's like, you owe me like a thousand talents. I can't remember if it's 10,000 or a thousand talents. But basically, this amount of money is about, it's like if you were to go into like Berks County and collect all the taxes from all the people, this is the amount times 15 years or so. So lots and lots of money, lots and lots of tax is owed. And maybe this guy was the tax collector for that area. And he's like, I don't have it. Sorry. It's like, what, how did you spend that kind of money? It's like Jeff, Jeff Bezos money or whatever. But, he, but the king says, okay, you know what? I'm going to forgive you of that debt, that thousands and thousands of talents, that 15 years of whatever it is that you owed us. And this guy goes out and finds his somebody else who owes him three months' wages, and he does a shakedown on him and says, give me my money. And the, the guy says, like the guy said to the king, I don't have it. Can you have mercy on me? And instead of forgiving that debt, he says, no, I'm going to put you in prison, in debtor's prison. I'm going to put your wife and your kids in prison until you can pay me back. And some other people notice this. And they, say, they go to the king and say, hey, did you know that this guy you forgave all this money to, that he just threw somebody in jail for this smaller amount? And so the king summons him back in. He says, hey, 
what are you doing? I showed you all this mercy, and yet you go out and do this? Well, you can consider that debt owed again. And so he put him in prison. And it's pretty harsh, and I don't know, I didn't do enough background look on this, but it's, it's, it's pretty difficult. It says, for if you, oh wait, and in his anger, the Lord handed him over, handed him over to be tortured. It doesn't say he tortured him. Handing him over to be tortured until he could pay his entire debt, which was going to be never. So my heavenly father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Now, Jesus is known to talk about talk in hyperbole. He's known to kind of go, hey, this is serious. And I think that's what's happening here. It's just like, it's pretty grave for you to be, give, be given this gift of your freedom and then to turn around and take somebody else's freedom away. And so there's just some gravity here. There's something for us to consider when we have been forgiven so much. Why wouldn't we be able to forgive somebody else? And then if we look at this prayer, there's a couple verses down that talks about forgiveness again. It says in 14 and 15, it says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Now, if we look back up, it seems as if God's saying, as your father has forgiven you, you forgive others. And down here it says, your father won't forgive you if you don't forgive others. And so we got two things going on here that are a little bit confusing, but I think a theologian named R.T. France puts a good lens on this for us. He says, excuse me for just a second, he says, the point is not so much that forgiving is a prior condition of being forgiven, but that forgiveness cannot be a one-way process. Like all God's gifts, it brings responsibility. It must be passed on. See, Jesus was liberal with acts of forgiveness. We see throughout his life, he got in trouble for forgiving sins. He didn't, con- <clears throat> sorry. he didn't condemn folks who might have deserved condemnation. And he was human. We think of Jesus as being God, and I think Carmen talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We think about Jesus being God and that, this perfection that, that he is, but he was also a human being. He was mocked. He was ridiculed. They gossiped about him. They called him a drunk. They thought he was a sinner because he hung out with people that were sinners, which we all are. He was maligned. He understood what it was to, to, to be the person on the outside. And so he showed us how to forgive. Even on the cross, he says, forgive them. They don't know what they were doing. They were killing him. Now, I know letting go is easier said than done. But I have some ideas. I think there's a way forward for us in this. And you could take one or two of them. You could work on all of them this week, however you want to do it. But start somewhere. There's a a decision to make, a choice to make in forgiveness. Now, we used to tell our kids when they were little that they're, they're having an adversary. They have somebody that's like bullying them, bullying them, teasing them, giving them a hard time. If you give in to that bullying, that teasing, the hard time, you're giving them control. You're allowing them to have some control over you, right? And as 
Christians, we relinquish our control to Jesus Christ, but we also have some autonomy. We don't have to allow that, the thing that they did to us to identify, to, to, we don't have to wrap our identity up in what they called us or what they did to us. And so we have a decision whether or not to forgive them for what they said or did to us. And when we do that, we, gain, we regain control over life. They've relinquished their control over us. So we have a choice in that. And then we can reflect. Now, I don't recommend like um, just wallowing around in the anxiety they caused you by doing whatever they did to you. But realize what that anger has done to you. Think about those types of things. How is this affecting my relationships with others? How is it harming my ability to trust? Am I able and capable of being vulnerable with people anymore? Or because of that one incident or several incidences, have I just let them pile up and take away the person who I know God longs for me to be? And then we look at ourselves. Have I used other people? Have I lied? Have I cut people with my words? I think we've all done those things. Not a one of us is perfect. We might think we are, we might wish we were, but we aren't. And then I mentioned the healthy aspects earlier. Consider your health. Is your blood pressure way up? Are you putting on that cortisol weight or whatever from stress or not sleeping or thinking about all the things that you, you wish you had done right or hadn't done right or hadn't forgiven someone of? We think about those healthy things that we can do. And you have to consider where they've been. And this is hard for us, especially in the moment. Somebody says something to you off the hand and it's hurtful to you. So in the moment, you might not be able to do this. But if you go back and reflect and think about it a little bit, you might go, okay, the old adage that hurt people hurt people. The reason why they're abusive of you Maybe that they've been abused too. We see that over and over. That, that's, in the, that's in the data too, is that people who abuse people have been abused themselves. People who hurt people have been hurt themselves. And so we try to put an put a, put a empathetic view on that and where they've been and how far they've gone. And then there's expectations. We might not get the kind of response we want when we go and say, hey, I forgive you of that. It might not be necessary for us to go to that person and tell them we forgive them because they might not even know that they hurt us. They may be going around hurting everybody all over the place and you just happen to be part of the collateral damage of their lives. But you can forgive them in your heart with the expectation that you don't have to hang out with that person anymore. You can let them know that, hey, there's been things that you've done that have hurt me and I need to like not be a part of this relationship right now. You can do those types of things. But keep your expectations at a level of what is my role in this? Think about what I might have done wrong, but what, what place that I don't have in this? We don't want to be a victim, but we also don't want to, um, we don't want to take what they did and assume that we did something wrong as well. But we do have to think about what it is that we might have done to cause them to want to harm us. You know, Blake, 
He understood human nature and the harm that our grudges can do. There's a guy named Taylor Goldsmith. He's a little more contemporary than uh, William Blake. He writes and sings for the rock band Dawes. Wrote a song a few years ago called Things Happen. And he taps into this idea of a grudge pretty well. But kind of like Blake, there's not like a really healthy resolution. There's not this sense of this is what you do to get through this. But the song is about the folly of keeping score. There's a friend or a lover or girlfriend or boyfriend that he's, he's singing this for, writing this for, and, and this person just can't let it go. He's, but he says, but it, ain't it funny how the past won't ever let something lie? And then he says, let's make a list of all the things the world has put you through. We kind of do that in our minds, don't we? We kind of go, hmm, this, this, this. Man, I'm just so put upon. Let's raise a glass to all the people you're not speaking to. For some of us, that's a lot. I don't know what else you wanted me to say to you. Things happen. That's all they ever do. So he doesn't seem to apologize. There doesn't seem to be any kind of reconciliation. But this writer understands that things happen. We're flawed. We're fickle. It's like me when I was in junior high school and figuring out who I was going to date or not date. But we can accept our part in this broken world. I think that's what he's doing in that song. Blake understood that because he knew that those things just grow when we don't do what we need to do. If we tend the tree, if we tend it with our fears and our tears and the sun shines on it, we allow it to grow, it's going to grow. Jesus knows there's a problem. And the problem's with us. We live in a broken place with broken hearts. We're off in the center of the, the need for forgiveness. If we can learn to forgive as God does, we can free ourselves from a lot of pain. And we can close the gap between who we are right now and who God longs for us to be. I'm going to have Dave come back up here. We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer again together today. Hopefully you guys are doing this kind of as a regular practice during the week, um, pausing between the, the phrases and thinking about maybe some things you learned here, but also just what's going on in the world as we um, just navigate this summer. So, got it up there? Pray then this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. Let me pray for us. God, I pray that we would be a people who can forgive. That you would forgive us uh, for the many things that we, um, we do to hurt others, to bring each other down, Lord. 
pray that if there's people in this room today who are harboring unforgiveness in their heart, Lord, that they'll find a path forward. Um, They'll look to you. They'll look to you as an example of what free grace and mercy is. I pray for my own heart, Lord. I pray that I would be a person who forgives and lets bygones be bygones. Lord, I love you. I lift your name up. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Koinos podcast. If you like what you hear, like, subscribe, and share it. You can connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at CC and on YouTube at Koinos Community Church. Until next time, be well, do good, and love others.